Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Uh, Hi, it's so nice to be here tonight. How is everyone? Good, I'm glad. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Maddie, and I'm just so excited to be here tonight. I feel so privileged and honoured to be up here talking to you. Um, And I'm just so excited for what's happening in Highlands. I don't know if you feel it, but there's like this excitement in the spirit. God wants to move. God wants to do something fresh. And it's such an exciting time to be here um, and to be followers of Jesus. So, man, I'm, I'm keen, I'm pumped, how good. Well, uh, we're going to get into it, but first, um, I'm just going to pray. Is that okay? I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, God, I just thank you so much. I thank you that you are here in this place tonight. I just dedicate this next 30 minutes to you and you alone. May your voice speak louder than anybody else's. I thank you that we just put all distractions to the side and just listen to what you've got for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So good. Well, uh, my husband and I moved to Toowoomba just over two years ago from the Sunshine Coast. And the most um, usual reaction we get when we tell people that is, oh, okay, why? You see the confusion on people's faces when you tell them that you traded in the warmth and the beach for the cold in Queen's Park. We love Queen's Park. No, no, no. My husband told me not to tell that joke. He said I would make enemies in the room. (laughs) But I did, sorry. Um, But for us, we really felt like God was calling us here to Toowoomba. And it took a lot of prayer, mainly because I'd never been to Toowoomba before. All I knew about it was not much. And I thought it was just one street and it was all farms. And so for me, I was like, are you sure, God? Are you sure this is it? And it was. And we've been here for two years now and we love it. Um, Another thing about me is I work in marketing, which is a lot of fun. And I also had a very wrong impression of marketing before I started working in the field. To be honest, I didn't really know what it was. I knew it had something to do with social media, but marketing is such a fancy word. It had to be more than just social media. And I even studied it for four years before I started working in the industry and I still didn't know. But I will admit, I was, I was not the best student. If you go to Highlands Christian College, can you just block your ears for the next one minute? Um, but through my, my time at university, I don't think that there was a single uh, assignment that I started one week before it was due. Usually it was the night before um, it was due that I started it. And I submitted at least 60%, if not more, after the due date. Yeah, it was rough. Um, And I was that person in any group assignment. You know the one that I'm talking about? The one that either does nothing, hands it in at the last minute, or refuses to use more than two brain cells to get the work done. That was me, I'll admit it. And And those people have the same energy as the unreliable people in the group chat. The ones you're just not sure if they're going to reply instantly, or four business days later at 3 a.m. And I'm here to tell you tonight, I am both of those people. I'm just fully outing myself and apologizing (laughs) to everybody who has ever tried to text me. But I remember this one group assignment that I had, and it was 
um, at the start of COVID, back when we lived on the sunny coast, and we went into lockdown uh, once the semester had already started. And a lot of the assessment was being pushed back or cancelled because they just wasn't, weren't really sure what was going to happen. But I remember, just to my luck, the one class I had a group assignment for, my tutor found a way to make it happen. The Lord was really testing me. <laughs> and it wasn't just a regular group assessment, it was a group presentation via Zoom. So it was not something I could do the night before. It was very multi-layered. And it combined two of my greatest weaknesses. Assignments, group assignments, and group chats. <laughs> and now to give you a little bit of context, I wasn't just a lazy student. I definitely was a lazy student, but I worked full-time and I studied full-time. Um, and I just gotten married and I did a multitude of things in ministry as well. So for me, university was just at the bottom of my priority list. And because my life was so busy, I gave myself a free pass to do the absolute minimum amount of work, to cut corners and not do it correctly because I just felt like I didn't have time. And because of that, my life didn't change. I wasn't a better marketer, researcher, collaborator because of my time at university, all because I felt that my life outside of university was more important to live. And although I did get an okay grade on that one group assessment, I didn't give it the time that it needed to do well. I would ghost my classmates when they'd message me with questions, and then I would respond three days later at 3 a.m. when I'd finally given myself one hour to do an assignment that really needed 10. And I can't help but think of all of the resources and knowledge that I left untapped in my time at university because I didn't choose to give it my all. And I wonder if sometimes this can be exactly the same way we treat God. We leave him in the corner while we're off doing what we want, what we see as success, what we desire for our life and then only responding at 3 a.m. when we need something. And if we're really honest, it's out of a place of selfishness because we can't trust that our lives in the hands of God is going to turn out the way we want it to. I know in periods of my life, I've been walking along, going in the direction I wanna go in and saying, God, come with me this way, come on. Acting as if God is the co-pilot and I'm the one with the vision, I'm the one with the direction. But that's not how we're called to live. And that's not how we see Australia one for Christ because I can't save, I can't heal, I can't forgive sins, can you? No, it's only through God. So it's time to reply in the group chat to make God the first priority in your life because your friends need him, your family members need him. We have a world out there that doesn't know him. Our work is unfinished. The church's work is unfinished and the church doesn't need any more selfish Christians. The church needs surrendered Christians. People that are willing to lay down what they've got and say, help me use this for somebody else. You would have heard this verse uh, multiple times across this series, but the Bible says in Matthew 28:19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit 
This is our great commission. Our instructions. Jesus told us what we are to do with our lives. And in Luke 9, 23 to 24, it says, then Jesus says to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for my sake, you will save it. Jesus is telling us that to follow him, to do his work, he has to be the priority. We have to prioritize God's desires over our own and we can only tap into all that he has for us when he is in that position. And sometimes we see surrender as a burden. Sometimes we see it as having to deny every part of ourselves and suffer for Christ. But that's not it. The Bible says in Psalms 37.4, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. And in Philippians 4.19, it says, and the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs for his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Jesus Christ. God cares so much about us and there is abundance that is found in him. But that's not abundance for us to store up and keep to ourselves. It's abundance that we need to share to others. We are called to take what God so generously gives to us, lay it down at the cross and say, help me use this so that somebody else may know you. And that's why I love the book of Acts because it shows what happens with surrendered lives. And spoiler alert, it's salvation. People come to know God when we put him in his rightful place because he does what only he can do. We can't do it. So tonight we're gonna look at Acts chapter three and see how we can live a life of surrender. And to give you context to what's happening in this chapter, we're gonna be following Peter and John who are two of the 12 disciples who have been commissioned by Jesus uh, to go and spread the gospel. And they essentially build the foundations of the early church. So we're gonna start off in chapter three, verse four. It says, Peter and John went into the temple one afternoon to take part in the three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one they called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the money from people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John look at him intently and say, look at us. The lame man looks at him eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazarene, get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet and began to walk. Then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. And this brings me to my first point of the night, which is to live a life surrendered means seeking God in every situation. Peter and John were just going about their day, doing their thing, going to pray. They had places to be, things to do. When this man came up to them and they and Peter saw it as an opportunity to bring God into the situation. It could have been so easily well justified for him to be like, no, no money, sorry, bye. Got things to do, gotta go pray. But he didn't. He brought God into the situation and saw God and what he could do in that. And I wonder, and this is a little bit scary to think about, but I wonder the times where God wanted to use me to impact the people around me in my life. And I chose to look away. 
I chose to just say, no, no money, when realistically, there could have been somebody around me that needed to hear something from God. When we don't keep God at the forefront of our minds, we rob the people around us the chance of knowing him more, of encountering him. We have the responsibility to bring God with us into every situation we go into because we have no idea who we are walking into that needs Jesus in that moment. And that's why it's so important for us to be disciplined in our faith, to be planted in the church, to be disciplined in the word and in worship and in prayer because we need to be ready that when God says go, we are there saying, stand up. So we're gonna continue reading from verse nine that says, all the people saw the lame man walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his saw this opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us though we made this man walk in our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of all of our ancestors, who has brought glory to this servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. You rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer. You killed the author of life. Man, that's rough. But God raised him from the dead and we are witness to that fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. And this brings me to my second point, which is to live a life surrendered means knowing that it's not actually about you. Peter had this moment where everyone was looking at him astounded. And what did he do with it? He pointed to Jesus. Now you might not be performing healings in the street and if you are, please come and see me after. You've got stories that I wanna hear. You might not be doing that, but you still have people looking at you. Where are you pointing them? I think that's a valid question as Christians to keep our pride in check, to keep our faith in check is where are we pointing people who are looking at us? Is it towards bitterness, negativity, ourselves? Now you are beautifully and wonderfully made and God loves you so much and he sees you and understands you better than anybody else could. So it's time to put aside the need to feel seen by other people, to be adored, to be popular, to be seen as cool or trendy. It's time to put that aside and to be humble enough to accept the fact that people knowing Jesus through us is more important than us being known by people. Our time and our effort should be spent on helping people know Jesus, not on building ourselves up. Are you the main character of your story or is Jesus? There's been plenty of times I've made myself the main character of my story and I'm trying to reach other people's expectations of me and that's just a never-ending pool of more and more and not good enough. But that's not the case when we have our identity in Jesus. The world today will try and tell you that it's all about you, 
that you need to be that guy or that girl. All you have to do is scroll through Instagram or TikTok to see how obsessed people are with themselves. Here's my gym workout, here's my morning routine, this is what I ate today. People wanna be seen, they wanna be known. But the point isn't that we are well known, it's that Jesus is. We're gonna continue reading in Acts 4, verse one. This is while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests, the captain of the temple guard and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. They arrested them and since it was evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of the men who believed now totaled 5,000. Wow. My final point of the night is living a life surrendered means understanding that it takes sacrifice. Peter and John were persecuted for spreading the gospel. They were thrown in jail, but their actions saw salvation. So people come to know God. I'm sure they probably didn't want to go to jail. That doesn't sound like a fun thing to do. But being surrendered to Jesus is understanding that there will be some sort of sacrifice. And I'm not saying you should go get yourself arrested. That is dramatic. But we need to start challenging the fleshly desire, those thoughts that make excuses for doing the thing that we know God wants us to do. God wants you to be in church. We have to be okay with driving 20 minutes to pick somebody up for church. We need to be okay driving 20 minutes to church ourselves. It's time to start challenging those thoughts that will make you having excuses. When I was living on the Sunshine Coast, I was a part of a church there and I ran a young adult small group. And there was one morning that I was volunteering um, at a morning service. And after the service, I met this young girl who was new, she'd never been before, she was quite shy, she was super nice. We got to chatting and I just remember being so tired. I'd been up early, it was really hot that day so I was sweaty and a mess. And all I wanted to do was go home, have a shower, take a nap before coming back for the PM service. And so I was chatting with her and um, I got her details, invited her to my small group and then I beelined it for my car. I, I said bye first but I just, see ya went to my car and as I was sitting in my car reflecting on that conversation, I couldn't help but just feel like I shouldn't have left, that I should have kept talking to her. I felt sick that it was so prominent. And so I went back and forth with God in my car and I said, do you know how tired I am? Do you know how hot it is? I know that you're all knowing, but do you feel heat? Do you feel temperature? because I need a shower. And he just pressed in on me, go talk to her. So I just messaged her and asked her if she wanted to go out for coffee. She got in my car, she said yes. She got into my car and we drove to the beach and we had coffee there and we just got to know each other. It was super wholesome. And then as we were leaving, she got back into my car and I just simply asked her, what are you doing for the rest of the day? And in this moment, she broke down. She started to cry. And she told me that a few days earlier, she'd actually attempted to take her own life. And that she was depressed and hopeless and that she didn't actually want to go home because she's not sure what would happen when she did. And I got this moment 
where I got to invite the hope that is found in Jesus into a situation that felt hopeless. I prayed with her and she gave her life to God and she's lived a miraculous life since then. God has used her in so many ways and she's now on fire for the Lord. And man, can I tell you, I'm so glad I didn't go home and have that nap. I'm so glad there's never been a time in my life where the sacrifice and the surrender hasn't been worth it. Because our God heals and He saves and He sets free and He makes people whole. And if you're here tonight, you either don't know that love for yourself or you do. And if you do, you have a responsibility to position yourself in a place of surrender so that you can offer that same love to somebody else because our world is broken and it is hurting. And the only answer to that is Jesus. And we don't get it right all the time. We're not perfect people, but God's mercy and grace is so wide and so deep. The Bible says in Lamentations 3, and 23, that the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are afresh every morning. And even though we can fall short, the hope and the salvation that is found in God is worth getting up again every morning and saying, I re-surrender to you today, God, have your way. Because our God is unfinished. His work is unfinished. You have loved ones around you right now that are waiting for you to take up your cross daily, surrender to Him, so that they may know Him. And tonight is a night where we get to draw a line in the sand and say, I am sick of making an appearance and not making a difference. Because what does our church, oh, sorry. What does our world look like with a church surrendered? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Acts 8, 6, it says, crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil, unclean spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in the city. And later in that same chapter, it says, but now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus. And as a result, many people were baptized. In Acts 9.32, it says, Meanwhile, Peter travelled from place to place and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda where he met a a man named Ananias who had been paralysed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Jesus heals you, get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was instantly healed. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw him walking around and they all turned to the Lord. The whole town turned to the Lord. If He did it back then, He can do it today. We can see Toowoomba turn to the Lord. We can see Highfields, we can see Dolby, we can see Gaddon. This room will multiply. The kingdom will multiply. Highlands will multiply. The church at large will multiply. But it won't be because of a room full of people sitting there thinking about themselves. It'll be because of a room of people who lay everything down for their Saviour. God is ready to do something new and fresh through His people 
and we get the opportunity to be a part of it. And what an honour it is to be used by God. Isn't it an honour, a privilege to lay our life down so that somebody else might know that love that we already do know? How about we all close our eyes and bow our heads. Tonight, we're gonna pray for two different groups of people. The first is those of you that have been sitting there and you don't know God. You've never invited Him into your life, but you've heard me for the last 30 minutes talk about this God who loves so deeply, cares for you so deeply and wants the best for you. If you're here tonight and you wanna know that love for yourself, if you wanna experience the fullness that is found in Christ and Christ alone, can I ask you to be brave and bold and lift your hand for me so that I can pray with you. If that's you, raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray with you and invite God into your situation. As I look around this room, is that you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, I see that hand. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I'm gonna pray with you tonight. And this is an example of a prayer that you can pray right here, right now, or you can do it in your own time, in your own way, to invite the Lord into your life. And it goes like this. Thank you, Lord. God, I just invite you into my heart right here, right now, Lord, and I accept you as my Lord and my Saviour. I'm sorry for when I've done wrong. God, forgive me of my sins and help me live a life new in You, Jesus. Amen. Thank You, God. And while your eyes are closed and your head is still down, we're gonna pray for another group of people here tonight. And that's those of you that have put God in the corner. If you're here tonight and you wanna go all in for God, you know Him, you know His love. But if you're honest with yourself, you've kind of just been doing your own thing. If you're here tonight and you wanna lay it all down at the cross, if you wanna give everything you have so that others may know Christ, can I ask you to be bold and raise your hand for me? I wanna pray for us, pray for us together. Thank you. There's hands going up all around this room. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I just thank You for every single person in this room tonight that is making the decision to lay it all down for Your people, to lay it all down for Your city, for Your nation, to know You, God. I thank You that You give us the strength to walk every day with You at the centre, to go into every situation with You at the forefront of our minds, ready to move, ready to see other people's lives changed before us. I thank You, Jesus, right here, right now, that we are laying it all down for You again. Have Your way, do what only You can do. Help us see our families saved, our parents, our children, our schools, our workplaces, our universities. Help us see Toowoomba saved. Thank You, Jesus. We give it all to You, in Jesus' Name, Amen. 
Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.